Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast from Dublin First Baptist Church in Dublin, North Carolina. We hope you'll be encouraged today as you listen to our message. For more information, please visit our website at www.dublinfbc.org. That's www.dublinfbc.org. Now let's join the congregation of Dublin First Baptist as we listen to the preaching of God's Word. Can we go to Psalm 122? It's a short one, right? And I'm sorry on your outline, I goofed up and um, I, didn't, I didn't put the right verse on there. I put Psalm 121, uh, 1 through 9. I don't think there is nine verses in Psalm 121. So um, it should be it should be Psalm 122. That's where we are tonight. And uh, road trip playlist, the reason we call it that is because from Psalm 120 to 134, these are uh, psalms, you'll notice this is King James's Song of Degrees, probably says Song of Ascents or something like that uh, in, in a modern translation. These were songs that God gave his people, 15 songs, that they were to be sung on their journey as families up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord together. And um, Psalm 122 is the third one, and it speaks of the excitement of finally arriving. You know, when you're on vacation, when you're traveling, aren't you glad to get to your destination finally? Um, Even if it's maybe just that first night where you can stop at the hotel, if it's a multi-day trip, you're like, whoo, we made it. Uh, We can now relax. We can do whatever it is that we came here to do. And that's the idea here in Psalm 122. yeah, there's joy in the journey. I, I, I love trips. Like for me, I, don't, I have a good time just driving. And I drive slow, you know, because there's joy in the journey. But, um, and, and some of these songs are, are for that. They're just to help pass the time as these people would walk from all over Israel up to Jerusalem as families. Uh, pass the time by reminding them of important biblical truths. But here the psalmist expresses excitement at his arrival in Jerusalem. He's anticipating um, what everybody else uh, here along with him is, is there to do together. And then he offers a prayer of blessing uh, up at the end for this place of worship. Let's read it. It says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Our feet shall stand within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem's a build it as a city that's compact together. Whither the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. For there are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. They shall prosper that love thee. Peace be within thy walls, and prosperity within thy palaces. For my brethren and companions' sakes, I will now say, peace be within thee. Because of the house of the Lord, our God, I will seek thy good. All right, well, in the first two verses, um, he's talking about the pilgrimage, right? He says, uh, I was glad when they said to me, let's go up to the house of the Lord. I hope that's a testimony of every one of us here as well. Are you glad to go to the house of the Lord? And David's talking about the tabernacle uh, of his day, uh, the temple that would be built by his son, Uh, later on after him. And for us, for God's people today, of course, we're talking about the church. No, not the the brick and mortar building so much, whether in David's time or even for us here tonight. Um, But but what happens there? That's what he's glad about. What what happens there? What's experienced there? And and it's very common for us to emphasize uh, in our day as God's people that the church is not a building, right? 
we, we are the church, and that's 100% true. Uh, but the church is not me, and the church is not you. The church is what? It's, it's us, right? And us needs a place to meet together. And so it is talking about that, that place. Um, a place to be glad for what happens and what's experienced. Uh, a place of assembly together. Now, depending uh, on your version, verse 2 is either a future tense desire, that's what the King James says, uh, or a present tense experience. Modern versions usually put in the present tense. But the King James says, our feet shall stand uh, within thy gates, O Jerusalem. Other versions say our feet are standing. Either way, the point is the same. There's great excitement. There's gladness uh, for being here, for having arrived at the destination. The, the pilgrimage is complete, and David is glad to be in the city of God. He's glad to be headed to the house of the Lord. And we need to remember, while we study all of these road trip songs, that um, they're not an end in themselves. And even getting to Jerusalem, uh, even arriving at the house of the Lord, it was not uh, the whole point. It was just a pathway uh, to the purpose. What is going to happen here in Jerusalem in the house of the Lord? Why are all these families that compose the people of God, why are they traveling there? Well, verses 3 and 4 tell us, Jerusalem is built as a city that's compact together, whether the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, unto the testimony of Israel to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. And so Jerusalem being a city uh, built compact together in, in verse 3 and all the references in verse 4 to tribes, plural, I mean, that's to highlight the unity, the, the unity uh, that's part of corporate worship. I mean, we were unified here tonight when we came in. And I hope we're still unified. It's really remarkable uh, in this church. Um, I've only been to maybe 20 business meetings in my six, five, six years here. But it's been remarkable unity. Praise the Lord. As unity, uh, that's a part of corporate worship. Charles Spurgeon said a church should be one in creed and one in heart, one in testimony, one in service, one in aspiration, one in sympathy. That's God's design for his church. It's God's desire uh, for his church. A place of unity that doesn't have dividing walls. It's compact together. And that was experience of God's people then. They traveled from all over Israel to meet together at least three times a year for a week-long worship service celebration at one of those feasts that Our Lady studied uh, in this fall, I think, in their Bible study. And uh, there was people from Manasseh and from the tribe of Naphtali and from Simeon and from Issachar and, and all the 12 tribes are joining together in unity. And that was experienced by them in corporate worship. Now look at the next phrase, though, in verse 4. Unto the testimony of Israel. So unity is a purpose, but unto the testimony of Israel. They experience unity, and they experience the presence of God. That's what's highlighted when it's talking about the testimony of Israel. See, that is what God's Word calls the Ark of the Covenant. All right, you remember from the Indiana Jones movie, and also from the Old Testament, the Ark of the Covenant, right? Um, it was referred to Exodus 25, 22, the Ark of the Testimony. Exodus uh, 27, 21, it's simply called the Testimony. And so um, what, was, what was in the center of the tabernacle and later the temple? The Ark of the Covenant, right? The Ark of the Testimony. What, what did it symbolize? God's presence with his people. He was there. 
God's power and protection of his people. It would march out in front of them when they would go to battle, and it would be an assurance of their victory, God's provision for his people when the priest would go in once a year and offer blood on the mercy seat, the top of it there, to atone for people's sins, God's provision of atonement. What was inside? A portion of manna when God provided for them, Aaron's budded rod, um, the tablets of testimony, that Moses brought down from Sinai. So, so God's people experienced unity when, when they came together for corporate worship and God's people were reminded of and they experienced God's presence when they came together for corporate worship. But, but what else happened here? What was the purpose? What was the real purpose of their coming together? Look at the next phrase there in verse four. And it's, this is extremely important to get, to give thanks unto the name of the Lord. That's the purpose. And I pray that uh, when we join together here for worship, I pray that there is unity that's experienced. I hope that when we assemble together for worship here, I hope that you encounter God's presence and sense his power. You should. I know Tommy uh, goes to great lengths in, in planning these services. I do everything I can to make sure that happens for you. Uh, and it's also my great desire that, like he said at the beginning of the song, I was glad when they said to me, let's go to the house. I hope you're glad here and that you leave here being glad. But listen to me now. None of that, none of those things are why we come here. Not unity, uh, not experiencing God's presence, not, not being glad, feeling good, having fun. That's not the purpose of our coming here. Don't get that messed up. Don't get it backwards. Don't put the cart before the horse. Why do we come here? Well, it ought to be for what God said at the end of verse 4 there, to give thanks unto the Lord, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. Worship of him is why we are to come here, to give God thanks and to give God praise. Now, that should result in our gladness. If you do it, it will. It will result in our unity because we're all Worshiping the same Lord together, it will result in you sensing God's presence and power and a host of other things that are all wonderful and they're beautiful and they're faith-strengthening experiences. They're effects of us worshiping together. But worship, worship is why we come here, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. And that has to be the focus. Listen, when churches get that out of order, um, then worship usually ends up not happening, at least not the way God wants not the way he wants to receive it. Uh, I hope that makes sense. Uh, in our focus and coming together, if it's to be glad, if it's to have fun, if it's to attempt to create some unity or drum up some emotional environment where, well, I feel God's presence for like an hour or so, um, the worship of God may or may not be happening in that environment. But, but if our goal coming is, our focus coming is worship, then all those things will they'll occur. If our focus is right, let's look at verse 5. For there in Jerusalem, in the city of God, are set thrones of judgment, the thrones of the house of David. So there's a definite difference in context here in Psalm 122 and where we are right now here in Dublin, North Carolina, in 2024. All right. There's a, there's a definite difference here. Uh, David is leading a theocracy. He is the king of, a, that's their form of government. God is in charge. And he works through a king. Um, Jerusalem was not just the religious center of the nation. It was also the political 
center. It was the, the, the civil center. And courts were set out there. Thrones is what it says there in verse 5. Courts were set up there to deliver justice to God's people. Uh, our coins, they, they say, in God we trust, right? And we can pledge allegiance to the flag and we'll say one nation under God. But we live in a country that's a republic. It, it's not a theocracy. I wish it were, <laughs> but it's not. It's not. Um, and where God is in charge and where God's word is followed 100% and enforced 100%. And the church, we, we are the center for corporate worship among God's people. And Jerusalem or Zion, whenever you read that, even here in Psalm 122, it is unquestionably an Old Testament type that foreshadows what we have right here, the, the church of Jesus Christ. But we are not. We are not the political or civil center of our nation. But that doesn't mean the parallel here completely falls apart or goes away, is that, that there's no application in verse 5 for us. Does God want us, does God want his people to be concerned about justice? Yeah, because he is. He's a God who's concerned about it. And so as reflectors of God, we, we must be too. God's assembled and unified people here today, the church of Jesus Christ. We should definitely be impacting our communities this way. We should be reflecting the character of God by being concerned about justice and about what's right. You and I, we should be doing all we can uh, to ensure that that is how this world operates, as much as it depends on us. That's just part of the, the whole salt and light commission we've received from the Lord. But finally, this road trip playlist song, it ends with a prayer in verses 6 to 9. Uh, in verse 6, God commands us. It's a command. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And then promises, God promises those who do, those who love God's city, those who love this center for corporate worship, it says, you will prosper. Uh, so that's a command and a promise for us. God is not done with his national, his ethnic people, Israel. We're part of the church age right now. Uh, there's been a pause in God's direct dealings with and through his, his people Israel. Uh, it's a pause. God's word tells us in Romans uh, 9 through 11, chapters 9 through 11, it's a pause that's intended. God deals with us now because he wants to make them jealous. <laughs> that's what God has Paul tell us. So, so that their hearts will turn to him. Because they see that, that now God is dealing with us like he used to deal with, with them. And um, we're promised here that if we pray for the peace of Jerusalem, God will prosper us if we will and if we love his city. Verses 7 and 8, they give us a sample, like kind of like the Lord's prayers. Here's what our prayer for the peace of Jerusalem should be. Verses 7 and 8, peace be within thy walls, prosperity within thy palaces. For, for my brethren and companions' sake, I will now say peace be within thee. And... Um, and we ought to pray for those things to happen in Jerusalem, especially in times like this when they're under attack. Um, and we ought to pray that they turn to Jesus. Amen? Because if we're praying for the peace of Jerusalem, there will be no peace without Jesus Christ, no matter where it is. Uh, you've seen the little t-shirt and meme and everything. You know, if you know K-N-O-W, if you know Jesus, you'll know peace. Know Jesus, no peace. Without Jesus, there is no peace. But, but here's why it's important for us to obey God in this, in, in verse um, 9. Uh, because Jerusalem's not just, just any old city. 
That's not just a geographical location with a latitude and a longitude you can find on Google, Google Maps. Uh, what does verse 9 say? Why, do, why should we love this place? Why should we pray for this place as God commands us to here? Because of the house of the Lord our God. That's why we're to seek Jerusalem's good. Jerusalem is his. It's his dwelling place. Jerusalem's not just a city. It's a city of God. It's where the house of the Lord was, where the house of the Lord will be after Christ returns. It's not there right now, but it will be. And when Christ returns with us, who he's raptured earlier, when he returns here to earth at his second coming with us, we will reign with him from there. Things all the time. Pastor Cameron asked me, but I get them all the time. You want to go to Israel? Yeah, I want to go to Israel. Kind of jealous of Rodney and Mike and Judy and some of you else. But I figure I'm going to be there someday. Right? That's what God says in his word. We're going to just where the center of worship is going to be. And listen, we can even draw application of God's people now from verse 9 um, as God's, God's people's church. Are you, are you praying? Are you praying for the house of the Lord right now? Are you praying for his church? Are you praying for the peace and prosperity of Dublin First Baptist Church? Please do. <laughs> Please do. And here's why. Uh, because those who pray for the peace of Dublin First Baptist Church, they will be purveyors of peace and not pettiness and not uh, drama. You pray for it, you're going to be the answer to your prayers. Those who pray for the prosperity of Dublin First Baptist Church, those are going to be the ones who are sacrificially given of their time in ministries here and in their tithes. They're going to be the answer to their prayers. You know, it's pretty easy to complain, be critical about the church, about corporate worship. I'm guilty of it. Everybody is, right? Sometimes we treat it like a Chinese buffet. Oh, I like this. I don't like that. I like this. I don't like that. Uh, I like what Charles Spurgeon wrote. The church is not perfect, but woe to the man who finds pleasure and pointing out her imperfections. Christ loves his church. Let us do the same. I have no doubt that the Lord can see more fault in his church than any of us can, and I have equal confidence that he sees no fault at all because he covers her faults with his own love, a love that covers a multitude of sins according to his word, and he removes all her defilement with his precious blood that washes away all the transgressions of his people. We all we all should be praying for the peace and prosperity of this place because it's not just a place. <laughs> it isn't. Um, it's not just one of however many churches are in the Bladen Baptist Association. It's not just one of however many Southern Baptist churches we got in North Carolina. But like verse 9 says, this is the house of the Lord. Amen? It's the house of the Lord. We are. <laughs> we are the house of the Lord. And so may we seek its good. Just like verse 9 says, as the praise team comes up, Let's be glad together tonight. Let's be unified, experiencing God's presence together because we're here. We're here to give thanks uh, to God in his name together.